Good evening. Welcome to the Factor Review, a weekly in-depth analysis into the, into the news and current affairs here in Mongolia, with our commentator and economist, Gerald DeFacto. Good evening. And I'm Anand Tumurtov. You can join in the conversation on Twitter with the hashtag underscore, uh, or hashtag Gerald underscore DeFacto. Today on our program, Fixing criminal law, have defendants and their lawyers taken advantage of the statute of limitations? Meat prices reached their peak in May, but Mongolians seem more frustrated this year. A school tuberculosis outbreak has the public worried and demanding answers. On to our first topic. Mongolian legal professionals are saying that the 2017 amendment to the criminal code, specifically paragraph 2 of the article 1.10, has resulted in offenders of multiple corruption cases going unpunished. So, uh, this law is basically talking about the statute of limitations of the criminal law. So, what is the statute of limitations? Well, this understanding came, I understood, from Roman rights yeah. at that time before our era <clears throat> if the law was considering the cases where some criminal had happened crimes had happened mm. but nobody knew I mean could they could not find anybody who made a crime mm. but they may say after 20 years they found now they say you made that crime and we will now punish you you say, why well, you have not punished me? Why you did not find me? So because this kind of relations, the understanding came out, and today many countries have particular provisions in their law, criminal mm. law, yeah. where they say that depending on the, um, on the, on the, uh, the, how heavy was this crime. How severe or... Certain categories, yeah. yes. Yeah. Depending on that, the, this uh, limit, uh, statute of limits, so-called, which means how long this law could be valid. Mm -hmm. I mean, this criminal case, that, that case, will, how long it will be valid? After, say, certain years, they don't consider the, the is, as a crime or yeah. just leave as it is. Depending on the severity of the crime, right? Yes, uh, that's, that's the case also of Mongolia. Mm -hmm. We had criminal law, we have been changing it also, these terms. Mm -hmm. So why are we talking about this? Can you tell us about how did this came in effect in Mongolia and, and how did the law change over time? Basically? Our criminal law was changed in 1986 mm. and also 2002. And both they says that if it is a light crime, then it will be six months, mm. the terms. Mm. After six months, they don't uh, follow back that law, that crime, light crime. Uh, heavy crime that would be five years and very heavy 15 yeah. years and then the particular happy uh, heavy then at 25 yes. but I said 2002 last uh, the word, but 2015 they made amendments in this law they don't uh, consider they, they don't classify laws by this weight of the crimes mm -hmm. now they use more legal terms say uh, the <clears throat> the crimes, petty crimes, say, which is which it will have penalty of one year of in prison, 
then they will have one year that the valid criminal case. Then if the particular crime is supposed to have one to eight years in prison, mm. then they have a five years, that terms. If more than 15 years punishment mm. in prison, then 12 years and more than 20 and 20 years. Mm. So the issue is now, and it was always, when this term will be ended. And what happened was in 2015, they said that this term will be ended as soon as this uh, uh, person go to prison mm. or go to, go to, is regarded by court that he's a criminal, mm. then it is finished. Mm. Okay. Otherwise, uh, it was the case in 2015, there were no other cases where they would be misusing this law. Mm. But in 2017, uh, the 2015 was made, the amendments made by the Democratic Party, who yes, was ruling yes. the country. Yes. But 2017, the current People's Party, made, they removed that provisions. Mm -hmm. So that, that is uh, bringing more discussions among the public. Mm -hmm. What does that mean practically? So say, I didn't, one crime has happened, say, 10 years mm -hmm. ago. Then the term is to be finished 10 years. Then on the ninth years, they found somebody probably made this crime. Mm. Then according to this one, according to the current change, uh, say eight years, nine years, he found uh, not yet guilty. But mm. the investigation in the court will take another two years. Mm -hmm. Then they suddenly, because it's passing that 10 year, mm -hmm. it will be regarded as not valid yes. crime or the, the, the law doesn't work on this case. Mm. And that's what we assume many politicians are doing with the changes now. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, that's why our the court decision is going very slow. The court returns back the documents. They say, oh, we need more investigation. You know, in this way, they are, you know, you know, extending. extending the time uh -huh. by all means. And then as soon as they pass that period, the time, the end of that validity, then the case is regarded as, as, as not criminal. Mm -hmm. Strange. So, so are, are you saying that um, basically uh, these officials, maybe high officials, high-ranking officials, using this law to extend maybe their, their, their cases and until the, the statute of limitation runs out, they, then That's what I mean, and mm -hmm. uh, not only uh, particular cases, for example, the cases were money laundering or money plundering from the development bank, for mm -hmm. example. Many high-ranking officials are connected, but mm -hmm. it, 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 they will regard it as, say, as a, not light, but the next one, five years terms, mm -hmm. then they say they will regard so after five years is not criminal. What kind of benefits does these um, politicians or high-ranking officials get when the statute of limitations runs well, Look at the cr cr criminal cases, as I said now, development mm. bank cases, and also this SME support fund cases where mm. almost all politicians got money to their own, uh, own bank, mm. on, on a company discounted money uh, from the state, mm. which is supposed to go to the SME, SME small medium enterprises, and they got themselves. This, yeah. this case can be regarded soon if it is law applied, then it will be not as a crime. Mm. The third one is about the case of Erdinet, 49%, also 51% case, mm. and the case of Tsarig murder, 
Yeah. All this gas could be just by this law automatically expired, uh -huh. which means they will not anymore go back to these cases. Mm. They will live as it is, mm. and it, which happens then, then the many criminals will be regarded non-criminals. But until it's court proves that nobody we can nobody we cannot say anybody criminal, right? Yeah. But the courts uh, instead of approving or not approving, we said this case is closed. Uh -huh. So basically, if they found themselves guilty after the statute of limitations, what what kind of benefits do these politicians get? Like after the statute of limitations, can they run for office again, or can, can uh, once they are regarded now as uh, not guilty, mm -hmm. even not that case, even that the case is itself is expired, mm. then uh, everybody you cannot prove that he is the guilty, guilty or criminal. Even if they found evidence. Yes, but uh, then uh, if they found uh, evidence, but the court has not yet made decisions, mm. but the term is finished, then even with the <laughs> found facts, mm. it's, it's they are free. Mm. So that's the many politicians that they want to do. Mm. So in you, in your opinion, how can we basically change this law that that these kind of crimes don't happen again, basically? Uh, this expiration of the validity of the crime, the statute of limitations. limitations. Well, first of all, it shows how weak is our the lawmaking system. Mm. It's also because we elect people who has barely some good education mm. and who not necessarily knows foreign languages to compare other laws. Mm. Very few of them, and then. <clears throat> Either law is made not for long term, meaning that they have made the law for themselves, or for the business group that supports them somehow financially. So it could be more lobby laws, for example. Yeah. And um, so, in any case, Mongolian laws are changes so often that raises these questions I'm asking. What happened? Why is that law is only every newcomer is coming and changing the law? Yeah. That means our politicians, lawmakers, don't think long term. They think just tomorrow, today, for their own interests. That's why, mm -hmm. first. Secondly, how to stop that is, of course, not only make institutions more stronger, mm -hmm. which means at least the people stay there longer. Mm -hmm. OK, the politicians, I understand, they change. But the people who is working under, they are professionals, career of the knowledge, experiences, skills of these institutions. They stay longer, and they, then it will be more better laws, right? Mm -hmm. So it means uh, our, our institutions are to be a lot improved. The mm -hmm. other thing, in case of Singapore, Singapore made very smart decisions. It says, this is the law, any law, Singapore mm -hmm. law. If this law doesn't work or doesn't solve the issue, yeah. then they will apply the law of the United Kingdom, which is fantastic, I find, very clever. Why? Mm -hmm. United Kingdom is a, a country where the democracy has a, hundreds of years democracy, yes. uh, traditions or the history uh, in America. So I think in the Mongolian case we can refer to Hong Kong laws or Singapore laws. That will be much better than to expect our, I don't know what school has done, the lawmakers are doing laws without any study. They, they do it based on their own personal interests or they do it with very little research. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So I hope that there's a change in that law and I hope that comes to fruition maybe one day. Uh, moving on to our next topic. Meat prices, uh, rising meat prices are, on the, are becoming a national issue. People are having a hard time buying meat and meat distributors are having a hard time selling or uh, exporting or getting meat and, and they're blaming exporters and policymakers don't need, seem to have a definitive answer uh, to ease the outrage of the public. So, and, but in reality, the meat price has always been on the rise in, in May and June, according to the National Statistics Office. And what kind of, so basically the, we had this issue, we always have this issue in May. And what kind of a picture do we see now that the meat price is rising for an economic standpoint? Maybe? Every May, it increased about 20 to 30%. Yes. Why? Because in uh, spring, we don't kill animals because mm. it's their uh, time of raising the animals. Yeah, raising and and at this time, they, they have very, after hard winter, they are relatively not that much effective yeah. to use. One. Secondly, um, somehow Mongolians, we not used to change of prices, yes. particularly it increases. Why price increases? Because supply either becoming less or demand is becoming more, mm -hmm. right? In this case, more demand. Why? Because we are not exporting meat. Mm -hmm. And this price of meat cannot be regulated by the government. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. In general, it's impossible government can regulate the price. Mm -hmm. Okay, the best case is they can maybe it can lower for a few days, few months, but for longer run, all the market is the solution, the market is the, the, the leader. Mm. But people are angry as they're saying that the, the government should control meat prices. Yeah. But what are the downsides if the government control these prices, basically? Well, now, you see, we export last year 37,000 tons of raw meat. Mm -hmm and 3,000 ton of processed meat yes. in cans. Yes. Small, but however, it is start of diversification of the economy. Mm -hmm. And there, our politicians go to China or to Russia and ask them to buy our meat. And nowadays, as soon as they started to do so, price increases, it's natural. Mm -hmm. Because uh, even small with the small price differences of export in our sale, Still, people feel like this. Yeah. But it should be down the road much more expensive for export. So it's good for herdsmen. Mm -hmm. So there are kind of points, yes, exactly. There's a kind of points of people saying that it's actually, it's actually good for the economy. And, uh, and as you said, that it diversifies our economy. And what kind of the ground does what kind of facts do we have that support these claims that it is actually good for our economy? Well, let's have small statistics. Oh. The government is uh, reserving 3,000, 4,000 kilo, 4,000 tons, 4,000 tons of meat for reserve. Yes. That means they are buying it or they're giving a private company money to buy the meat when it is cheaper in the fall 
then they keep through the winter. Now they go and sell the level what they have bought. It's mm. kind of hedging. Kind yes. of. But <clears throat> 4,000 tons is what? Mongolians use 1,000 ton meat every day. Mm. Okay? Because we last year used 370,000 tons of meat, whole country. Mm. Okay? So 4,000 is just four days consumption. Plus, 85% of meat supply come not through processing plants. The people go, they, they kill themselves, the animal prepare meat in the traditional way, which is more expensive because for every meat, a certain person is working. Yeah. When you have the bigger size, yeah. the per capita, per, per animal cost will be less, so price will be not that much high. So the question is, uh, you were just now asking, uh, this piece, uh, meat increase is good for the economy. Yes, yes. it's good for herdsmen. We have some 250,000 herdsmen, mm. and, but it's not only those who are staying with their herds they, they, in the remote areas. When their only price or commodity they sell is becoming expensive, mm. they're consuming more. Mm. Because they are at least one family around four or five person. Mm. It's about more than a million people. Uh, they are more their purchase and capacity is increasing. And plus, if the countryside are earning more money, then the, not everybody will come along by the city because it's more profitable. Yes. So this is just a market mechanism should work. Uh, and uh, Mongolians use a lot. We last year eat every person 123 kilo meat per year, yeah. including baby who is not eating and all the senior yeah. men. Yeah. It's a lot. Yes. Per capita consumption of meat, 123 kilo, we are leading the world. Yeah. Our south uh, neighbor, Chinese, mm -hmm. I have a 2009 statistics, Chinese use 60 kilo mm -hmm. per year. Mm -hmm. Russians, 69 kilo. Mm -hmm. And Australian, who is the second after us, yes. 111 kilo per capita. So this will give it a good chance for people. 300, that means every Mongolian see 300 grams of meat every day, mm. one third of the kilo. It's a little bit more. Yeah. It's a lot. So it should go to the, uh, to the normal level of consumption yeah. of the worldwide, and price should go up. But then the people ask, then our pressure, uh, the salary should go out. Yes, as soon as we, we are competitive, salary will go up. Mm. But we are not competitive. What do we sell? Coal, copper, gold. Mining. That we have not created. Yes. We're just digging out and selling. So is there anything that we create which make more value adding, mm. we will, which will make our productivity higher? Then our salary will be increasing. So this is the way about which the government is not talking. Mm. And now plus, yeah, they seem to be explaining this in a very bad way that the, the, the public is not accepting, basically, right? Like they don't one uh, because they are not used to have because the government is protecting all the time, yeah. which is leading, by the way, to disappearing of the commodity that they are protecting through price. Mm. That's one. Uh, secondly, um, it was not smart way of the government to take action to send troops to. The general intelligence. The, 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 
what they cannot confiscate somebody's private property. But they go there, they register, and they said they are not uh, those companies who has export license. What does export license? I mean, you, your president goes to China and asks them to buy meat. As soon as they start to buy, now you go and stop it. Yes. What does it mean? It means our policy is not long-term first. Second, why they have not done the study? Why they didn't know that as soon as the price of meat will be more expensive to export, domestic price will be up because they are more, they are more interested to go to have export. Mm. So who made this study? Have done this uh, official visits without any study? If they have done, why? So these are the questions come. So uh, hopefully this is actually, a, are you saying that it's a good thing for Mongolians, but people are not understanding it basically, right? Yeah, basically like uh, we have talked in the, in the first case, they do laws without study, yeah. research. They, our policy comes just based on emotions, mm. in which is very pity because it is not only look as uh, inside back, bad, but are now towards to our neighbors, bad. You ask it. I mean, the export, and now that you try to stop, no way. Mm -hmm. you know, one. Uh, secondly, always expect the price of meat go up, up and up, because this is the best calorie, best uh, vitamins, everything you can receive. And Mongolians will use it uh, relatively very cheap. Mm -hmm. So moving on to our third topic. Reports of more than 500 students being diagnosed with tuberculosis have been making the rounds on social media and report on, on major local news outlets. The director of the school said that only 50 students were actually diagnosed with TB. The Ministry of Health then said that 38 students and one teacher were officially diagnosed. So tuberculosis, uh, a huge issue that came up. and. People have said that tuberculosis is a projection of, of the society, basically, and that medical professionals point out that it is wrong to condemn one teacher or a doctor for this spread of TB. But do you think that thanks to this uh, school's outbreak, that uh, societal issue, that society is looking into this issue, that, that our society is not that in a good place at the moment? Well, let's go beyond the, the, the diagnosis. Yes beyond the TB tuberculosis yeah. today. Why is it happening? Mm. It is happening because the Mongolian society have a more inequality increase. Some people live world standard, yeah. highest of a developed country. More and more people live poor. Yeah. And this really, this, this is the tuberculosis, a projection of their poor life. That means not only the, the the size of the poverty increasing, but it's coming deeper. Yeah. People are having not enough money to have enough calorie food to have the immune system working. Mm. That's why in many developing countries, in particular poor, low-income countries, tuberculosis is coming frequently. Mm. That's what's happened. We should see that. Now the question is, why is it happening? Because we don't, have, we don't spend enough money for school, Mm. Healthcare, mm. we because there are many students in Ulaanbaatar city, in one class, fifty boys and girls, fifty. In one class, yeah. yeah and a teacher, that did, with the, our school conditions, no air conditioning, 
even this 15th school in Ulaanbaatar city, the condition is so bad that they have even forbidden the students go there and study, which they do now so far. So that, what does it mean? We don't invest enough in those schools. Mm. We don't invest enough in teachers mm. because they are spending it different. So government spending priority to be changed. Mm. And we need less corruption, which is stopping our progress. Yeah. And we have more and more corruptions, scandals, laws, and yet the laws are made in such a way as we explained, mm. and those people are staying without any punishment, and the Lombard are common, all the properties are sold. Yeah, it, you were talking about um, there is no ventilation for schools and there's a lot of students in one class. Does this have to do, does this also has a projection of the, the time where the politicians sold land to, to businesses and to private, Owners. It is. Until now, Ulaanbaatar city has not clear mapping of public property, mm. common property, private property. Mm. Because there are not existing clear map, mm -hmm. those who is making decisions are misusing. They are selling under the table our land. Otherwise, how you would explain the many uh, towns in you know, new towns on just on the bank of the river toll, mm -hmm. a new one now is coming in more and more. Mm -hmm. Now, who had sold the land? Who had given the permission? How much did it cost? Why they would not do a bidding for that? Yeah. And with that money, we could have a couple schools made, yeah. which they don't do, because it is not their interest. Both political parties are having silence on that, because both political parties relate to people owning all these valleys of Bogdul, our South Mountain, and everything on the on two sides of the river toll. Mm. And yet, we are talking about you know, the high materia, but now your kids, are, your kids are dying because the tuberculosis, which already eliminated in this country a very long time ago. Mm. No, because the, the, the city is so congested, the, the, the disease is spreading back up, as you, as you say. And also, I would like to add here, Mongolia is not enough spending for education yeah. and healthcare. We spend 4.2% of our GDP for education, mm. 28 for healthcare. Mm. But WHO advises that it should be 5% of GDP. Now we have need to increase it, this medical care, uh, two times more. Mm. Another issue, we have now private schools, private hospitals, state, state schools, hospitals. Every student in even private schools receive money per capita, per student, so-called the current expenses of every student. Uh -huh. Why the private schools charging 9, 2, 10, 28,000 US dollars per year mm. are getting money from the state per student? Mm. Mm. Yet here we have the students with tuberculosis conditions. Mm. And why? Then because, because our politicians own themselves private schools and they are b b making themselves rich because this money which is we need for these kids of poor families for those mm -hmm. kids who is now to be uh -huh. so so should the minister of health and education resign over this issue in your point but these poverty is created by all politicians in this country uh -huh. because they are corrupt because they are stealing our land, Ulaanbaatar city, 
and stealing many things and staying unpunished. Why are these two guys to be punished now? Mm -hmm. I mean, even if we ch change them, so what? What will happen? Another it will again new political wave, which will confuse everybody, mm -hmm. including every student, every teacher, everybody in the ministry. Now one new guy comes, replaces everybody. Again, for Vosti remaining for one year, it will be two stupid decisions. But overall, one thing is clear, mm -hmm. that our poverty is created by us. Mm -hmm. And lead this creation led by the politicians, corrupt politicians. Until we stop that corruption, we cannot move the people from poverty. That's today's agenda. Mm. And who is creating jobs? Private sector, not state. When on, on the name of a state, for example, state-owned enterprises, all of them run with losses. Yes. Only last year, this Tawun Tadwa made. Uh, they sold more coal and they are behaving like, you know, it's just because the price increased. Nothing have created. So, and this money is being used for luxury things, mm -hmm. for their own purposes, this small, medium enterprise money, etc. Unfair. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we have to end our program there. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we'll see you next week on, on MMB World. Thank you very much.